Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard. You're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Anna Alisa Villalas, a clinical psychologist, psychotherapist, and health and wellness consultant who created the Global Autism Summit, a comprehensive parent guide to create success, love, and peace for your child and family. Therapeutic care centers such as L. Consultorio de Ana Elisa, where she offers online psychological evaluation and treatment services for adults, adolescents, and children, and Logros Centro Therapeutic Integral, <laughs> which is aimed at the face-to-face care of children and adolescents. Over the years, she has helped many families in Panama and all over the world who have needed her services, and these experiences have given her the opportunity to see the enormous impact that her powerful and targeted interventions can have. Welcome to the podcast, Anna. Thank you very much. Thanks for this invitation. I love to be here. Yes. And how is it in Panama today? Oh, we're during right now it's summer. So it's really hot. Like you feel like you're at the beach the whole day with the wind and the sun. So we're having a great time, but sometimes it's like too much. It's overwhelming, too hot. Got it. So just so people can get to know you, why don't you tell us your story, how you started out, how you got to be doing what you're doing now? Well, that's a long story. Um, I was thinking about this and um, I can tell you that, well, I love to work with children and I have been working with autism since like more than 20 years ago. But the first, the first time I met somebody with autism was 30 years ago. And, um, and I was um, 14 years old and I was working as an assistant at a Montessori school. And, um, and I saw the first person with autism and a psychologist was helping this child and she trained me so I could support the child during the, the work in the classroom. And, um, and since that moment, I decided that I will study psychology and that I will work with autism. And then my whole life, I have been working in that field and I love it. It's, um, it's very special for me to be part of the autism community and, and to support this, this community. It's very special from, from my heart. It's, a, um, it's not a work like you're working hard and you know, like um, it, it's very different. It, it comes from the heart. So from my heart, yes. So it's very special for me to do the work. And, and then like I, of course, went to the university in one country and the other. I, I have been studying in different countries and, um, and then I came back to Panama. I built up centers. Um, to receive children with autism, give support to their families, organize therapeutic programs. And that's my specialty, to guide therapeutic programs. And and then you see all these kids growing and then you can see all the changes, all the benefits from the treatments. It's so beautiful and, and it's so special to see how the families who visit us the first time so afraid and so sad and then they glow, you know, it's just like the happiness, the, the happiness shows up. And, um, and so my whole life have been 
um, related to autism. So, so if you ask me why, I can tell you that um, this is the way my heart has been open. It's, it's um, God's strategy to in my heart. Yes, through autism. That is beautiful. So I'm just curious. Um, you went to school, I think, in Mexico, in New York, in one other place. <laughs> and so why travel way out to go to school? Yes, I love to travel and I love to study from different perspectives. So I moved to, like, I started here in Panama. I studied then my master's in Mexico. I studied in the States. I have studied in France. I have studied in South America and Peru. And, um, and each area has their own way of thinking related to the culture. And, um, and it's very interesting for me to be jumping from one culture to the other so I could learn from each culture like the best and put all of, all of the information together and just like organize a service that, that can really support a person with autism from different perspectives at the same time. And I love to learn languages and um, I speak four languages and, mm-hmm. and I study and I love the handwritings and with and, and that creates inside of myself um, a different way of understanding um, how it is to communicate with somebody else, for example, and how do you feel when you can't or when you cannot understand and how many other, what other clues you can use to be able to connect with people if, even if you cannot speak very well a language. So like being in that process of being um, learning more languages when I was older, then it opened up for me like a different window when I'm with somebody with autism and we're working on their communication and their understanding of, of life and, and um, our experiences. Yes. So that's my favorite. That's my summit. It's called the Global Autism Summit because it's, it's for everybody from every country, every different culture. It's my, my favorite thing. So you have this summit online for people to all participate? Yes, you can subscribe at um, globalautismsummit.com. And then parents receive every day one email with two interviews. And and then you can listen all those interviews. And then later on, we have live Q&A events with the experts. So you can show up to the webinar, ask questions directly to all these experts. And all these experts are from different perspectives, different theories, different approaches to autism. So we go from the traditional doctors to the, to the other doctors, the biomedical doctors who think very different, like they do different interventions. So we got pediatricians, neurologists, psychiatrists, and biomedicals and homeopathy and like other type of medical interventions. And then we, same thing with therapy, like the the experts who love ABA, which is behavior therapy and all those techniques and interventions. And then we got the other experts who are not agree with ABA and they (laughs) just want to do something different. And then they have the, the play therapy, for example, um which is so interesting and i think it's one of the best interventions ever like we should be playing all the time 
um, all the time, 100%. That's for everybody. And then, um, and so it's, it's like, um, you know, it, it, during this summit, you can see all the range of possibilities that are open. And now because of COVID, everything or a lot of things are online. So it doesn't matter whether you live, like in what country you are, like you can access to information and you can access to specialists and you can access to support that maybe in other moments was not possible for people who are in other countries. So, yeah, so it had been like, um, like an opening of possibilities all together in the same package. So you don't need to go into Google during hours and hours and hours checking from this specialist and then thinking like, oh my gosh, what I'm going to do. It's just like you got everything in one package. So that's globalautismsummit.com. You can get it there. And, um, and it's a free online event also. That is wonderful, wonderful resource. So thank you for putting that together. And um, so just in case some people don't know, what is autism? Because I know there's a big span of types of autism. I mean, some people are autistic and they're not really speaking. They don't even have verbal speaking. And there's some people who have autism and they function just fine having a job or going to school. So can you kind of describe autism and then kind of the different ways it shows up? Yes, right now we talk about a spectrum. So it goes from the person who have very severe symptoms to somebody who has like low symptoms and that, um, but the symptoms are in the same areas. One of the areas is on the language and communication. They have a lot of difficulties to learn to speak. If they can speak, then they have other type of difficulties of how to use the language, for example. And, um, and the developing process goes slower than from somebody else, but not only the speech area, it's in the, the attention spams, the behaviors, um, they have a lot of repetitive movements um, and they do flapping, for example, which is to move their hands like this without any control. And, um, and then they cannot relate very well with the people who are their age and they don't do eye contact and they wanna be just inside of themselves and that's where the word autism comes from, which is from Greek, autos is a, is a word in Greek. And, um, and it means like to be inside of yourself. So, um, so then the, you have this person who is isolated. It's not interested about what it is around them. And of course, if you are not interested, you're not going to learn. You're not going to absorb the information. So it's very hard for the person to catch up with um, the reality that have been created by the neurotypical people, which is the people who do not have autism. Yes, yes. And there's, um, I'm talking to you in general because there are many different ways to um, describe what it is autism. But what I'm talking about comes from the manuals that we use to, for diagnosis um, in the, the name, the name is, um, um, it's a statistical manual of mental disorders, and we're using the five version. DSM is the way if you go into Google, just write down DSM five, and then you're going to get the information and you can see all the characteristics, um, on the list. 
and um, and you can check on the on those, but please go to a doctor, go to a clinical psychologist, ask for support with specialists. Don't get into conclusions by yourself. Make sure that there's a specialist checking, and then if that's the diagnosis, then you access to all the support and therapy that we have developed for children or people with autism. Yes. How early do some of these symptoms show up for children or babies? Well, usually people think that it's around two years old, but the truth is like, since they're like two months old, you can recognize if there's autism in there. And, um, and you can, you know, because of the, the way they sit down as babies, you know, when they're babies and they're learning to sit down like this, when they have, when the baby has autism, they, they can always stay like this or they do something like this, but their shoulders are down because the body do not have enough strength to keep all, all the muscles and all the bones in the correct place. And then you see the same thing at their faces and you see like how the muscles are, the tone is not good enough. So it looks like if they were fat, but, um, but then with the time, like time when the baby is like two years old, like this area keeps looking the same way. So the muscles are not ready to to be used for language. And, um, and so right now what we're seeing to everybody is like, if you think that maybe it could be autism, just run, get an assessment, make sure about, make sure that you're getting the right information because if that's a diagnosis, there's a lot of things you can do to help that child. And if you begin when he's two months old or three months old, it's going to be much better than if it's old, if the child is older. Yes. Wow. So you have things you can do with even very small infants. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And then there is a lot of, um, of interventions that you can do before when you're pregnant, that it's going to help that baby to have a, um, a system or a brain that it's going to mature um, in, 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 in the right way or the way we want it to happen. Um, and when they're babies, there's a lot of movements and there's a lot of sounds and specific simulation that can help them to improve their skills since the beginning. And, um, and now the statistics are so high. We're talking like in the States, if you check on the CDC, um, they are talking about one every 64 cases, w one baby with autism every 64 birth. So it's a lot. It's, it's very high. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we want everybody to do early interventions. Mm -hmm. Everybody. So everybody needs to be educated about autism. Maybe you have somebody with autism at home or in your neighborhood or in your family or at your school or at work. Um, so it's very important that everybody learns um, how to relate with somebody to, with autism because you can hurt that other person just because you don't know how to treat them. Exactly, and I was thinking about the babies and I, a question came up for me. So, you know, sometimes we have a baby as our first child and it's all quiet in the house, you know. We don't turn on the TV, we don't turn on the music, 
we want the baby to sleep don't wake up the baby and then there's families where they have nine children and no matter what's could happen this baby has to learn how to sleep through all this outside stimulation so the question is is it better for them to be in that noisy environment while they're maturing or is it better for them to be in the quiet situation <laughs> that's a wonderful question it, it depends of their biology and their nervous system because you have some babies that can be in a party sleeping and there's no problem for them and there are other babies that even if you have everything quiet if there's one sound the baby is just like open and like woke, woke up so so it it's it needs the environment needs to be adjust to the the biological characteristics of the child of the baby and that's not easy to organize if you have a lot of kids at home it's easier if you have one but if you have a lot it's not that easy so always creating a safe environment and a comfortable environment for the people who are in the house it's going to help you to reach all your goals. So we want all the parents to be watching, paying attention. What hurts that other person? If the, the sounds, if they're loud, this baby cries, like we don't want to be hurting them, you know, to any baby. So we need to be very aware and then just adjust the environment so everybody can be in tune and calm. That's very special. Yes. So these kids, they're super sensitive about sounds, sometimes touch, sometimes bright lights. They're super sensitive to outside things or, you know, close. Or, yes. You know, some, of, some of them are very sensitive. And the other side is that they don't feel anything. Hmm. So you can put them like if there's hot water, they put their hand in there and they don't feel it, that it's hot. And then they get burned and you have to run to the hospital emergency room and this child is not even crying. So it's very, it's very complicated. You, you can be in one side or in the other. Um, yes. So to take care of somebody with autism requires um, a lot of support from the people who are around and, and you need to create like a safe place. So um, not to have like, too loud sounds if they're very sensitive, but if they're don't, don't they, if they're not sensitive, then you need to have loud sounds to get them stimulated and to learn. So yes, it, it, it requires of measurement and balance mm -hmm, at home. So if you're a parent and let's say, okay, it's, uh, it's time to go to the grocery store. Most of the time, you know, one parent works or two parents work, but they, you know, most people have to go to the grocery store, take their children with them. And let's say you have two children and then one child that's like autistic. How do you prepare that child for going into that loud environment? Mm -hmm. Yes, it, it's important to do it step by step. It's like when you go into the swimming pool, like if you don't know how to swim, if they just throw you inside of the swimming pool, maybe you're not gonna be able to survive. But if somebody goes with you the first time 
and you go into the water and somebody holds you and then somebody teaches you how to move your arms and your legs. And then you're going to go into a point where you can be independent and you can swim and nothing wrong is going to happen. So it's the same thing when we are with somebody with autism and then this person needs to go to a different environment um, because if you expose them very slowly, then when it's the right moment, they're able to adapt. Or when you are in that new environment, the child can use, or they can have some accommodations. For example, they can use a, um, a headset so that the sounds are not gonna be disturbing them that much. For that, that could be an example of um, an accommodation in a loud environment. And, um, and there are so many little things that you can do to adjust the child to the environment, the environment to the child, so they can manage um, the situation. But never, never throw them in without the supports that they need. Mm-hmm. Because if you do that, then you hurt them. And that's not the idea. We want them to be happy, to have fun, to enjoy, to learn. And um, like every child, like everybody. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So let's talk about academics. Mm-hmm. Autistic child um, at school or even homeschooled. What's the difference in their learning and how do we help them be able to actually successfully learn and, um, you know, hopefully graduate and. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a wonderful question. When we receive the babies, the first questions that parents ask is like, is this baby going to be able to learn like to how to write and read? Are they going to be able to learn at school? Is he going to be able to graduate or go to university? And I always say, ask me in 10 years or ask me in 20 years. Let's do everything right now. Let's do all what we can do to make it happen. And then with the years, we look back and we said like this worked or this didn't work or this was possible and this was not possible. Um, But the truth is like, if the symptoms are not strong, if it's not a severe autism, then the road it's going to be easier and it's going to be the probabilities that this person is going to study it's going to go to university it's it's higher than if the symptoms are severe but when you have a child with severe symptoms you never know if this child is going to be able to change the intensity of those symptoms or not so you need to try you need to work with the child and then later on you will see if it's possible or not, um, but never cut off the opportunity. And, um, and then the other special thing that happens is that you really need to learn to be creative because sometimes they can learn things in a different way, but they can learn it. The, the problem is that us, that we're teaching, we want everybody to do it like the only way we know how to do it. Um, But if you're creative, then you open up different windows and then the child can learn the information. Yes. And and then when they graduate from high school, um, you're gonna feel so happy. It's so special. 
um, like when any other child or somebody else graduate, it's, it's, um, it's worth it. You know, there is, you need to do a lot of effort. Yes, but it's worth it. Now these children grow up and become adults and some of them will go, you know, will go into the workforce, will actually, um, you know, acquire quite prestigious jobs even or positions or, so tell me how do people um, kind of go from doing this work as a young person and actually get to that point where they can function quite well in society? That's a beautiful question. And thanks for asking me this question. There's, we call that moment the transition into adulthood. And there are many centers and many specialists who do who organize a very specific word, work for a child um, when they're like teenagers, almost adults like in that transitional process, um, there are specific techniques and activities that are organized from a therapeutic way to support them so they can be completely ready to go to work. So for example, if they, if they are connected with somebody who can um, support them as a shadow, they go to the office with this person and that this person stays there with them, teaching them how to do the position and until they're ready. And then the shadow reviews the amount of hours that, are, that it's participating in the process, or maybe they can stay all the time, but it depends on the, the situation and the symptoms. Um, but right now, because of the amount of people with autism who have grown and now they're ready to go to work, the diff different companies have opened up different places and positions and possibilities for other people. And, um, and the autism community has a, has a wonderful opportunity there. And, um, and there's something wonderful. Whenever I go to a company to see how one of my patients is doing, um, the boss says like, it's wonderful. He do not want to talk with anybody else he's just focused working <laughs> he never gets distracted you know because the social area it's not his his best interested so like he's just working and that's it and um and so it's beautiful to see what behavior that it's a problem Mm -hmm. um, because he doesn't want to socialize, for example, and then the parents send them to therapy to just to learn how to socialize with other people. But then in this office, it's like the best thing ever that he is not interested about that. So, yeah, so, so it's just like, like for each person, it's going to be different. We always say one child with autism is one child with autism like everyone is different. So the circumstances needs to accommodate everything so they can be comfortable and they will do their best like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And what about family? So um, as they grow, they get their job. Do you see many people with autism who actually get married and have children? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um I, I interviewed for the summit a woman who is married with a man who has autism and he, her two kids 
has autism. They're adults now. And, and she had no idea when she got married. Like they got the diagnosis like 10 years later, or like a lot of years later. And, um, and it's very interesting and very, it touched my heart whenever um, I think about that woman because she, what happens to her when she shared her experience is like, well, she opened her heart. She understood that there was a diagnosis and then she began to learn what she could do to support her husband, like how they could be happier together, um, what he cannot do and what she needed to be focused on because he was not able to do it. And then it was not like he do not want to do it. It's like he was not able to. And, um, and then her perspective and in the relationship changed and they have been married like, I don't know, like 30, 40 years. It's, it's like somebody with a beautiful experience. And in every year we meet more parents who shows up to ask for a diagnosis. And then during the session, they say like, I think I have autism. I think I do have ADD or ADHD because of this, of that, of which this happened, that happened. So it's more common now than before. And, um, and when that happens, um, you know, it, it's a family and the problems in a family, it, it's not the problem of one person, it's the whole group who needs to learn how to resolve a problem. And the problems are not problems. It's, it's something that you need to learn and it's an obstacle. And the real problem is how you see the problem. So there is a very special process that happens in a family so they can learn how to reorganize the, their lives mm -hmm. and love and care somebody who has different needs. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a growing up process that happens um, from the heart and requires a lot of effort, requires a lot of knowledge and wisdom, and you need to learn and read things that you will never read or you never thought you will read. Um, but then, then you, your understanding about the meaning of having somebody with autism at home um, gains a different direction to the process and the healing process emotionally for the family um, goes in the right way. Yeah, it's... Yes. So this might sound like a funny question, but what are the blessings of autism? Does it help people recognize certain things in their lives or what, what are the blessings? The blessings for the person who has autism or for the people who are around? Either way. Either way? Okay. For the people who are around, like it opens up our hearts and our compassion. I have never seen a mother with so much love for a child than a mother that is supporting and taking care of their child with autism. That's like a PhD mother process, like motherhood process. Um, the pain, the size of the worries, like the intensity of the anxiety, the stress during the process, um, make it a very unique experience. But for that mother, like 
what happens is like they are able to go deep inside of their themselves and to get into their strength that probably through other experiences was not possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a lot of families who got together and then they began to see life in a different way from a different perspective because we want life to be just the way we think it should be. Mm-hmm. And that we want things in a certain way because only on that way, I'm going to be happy. But then through the experience, this families learns or this mother learns how to build up happiness from a different way. So that's a blessing always um, when we can change our perspectives about something. And for the person with autism, there are so many things that they do not catch up about the, our lives, our society, then that's always a blessing. For example, um, many of them cannot capture um, like when somebody else is going to hurt them or take advantage of them, which it's not safe for the person with autism. But at, at the same time, it shows up the, the clarity of their hearts and their way of thinking that do not have that darkness around. They're not thinking like, oh, somebody's going to steal this from me, or maybe this other person it's going to take advantage. Like those thoughts are not in there, so it's pure. It's 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 pure, yes. And um, and I can tell you that I have seen people who have transformed their life one hundred percent when they receive the, this diagnosis, and um, and it's a process of growing up of making things happen, you don't know how, you don't know when, you need to be, you stretch yourself like 100%, just waiting to read the results. Let's see if this therapy works. Let's see if this medication is the right one. Let's see if this is the right diet. Let's see. And of course, internally, emotionally, it creates a huge stretch for the, for the people who are around. And whenever we have stretch, we grow. Mm-hmm with the growing pains included, but that's always a bliss, a blessing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found with um, some autism people that I have worked with, um, they don't really catch, like when someone tells a joke, they don't really catch those social cues. But uh, I just a curious question. Um, do people with autism, do they have their own type of sense of humor that other people don't understand? <laughs> How does that work? What makes them laugh, you know? Yeah, some of them enjoys like just other things very differently than, than the other people who are around. Yes, and, and others do not have that feelings and um and that way of thinking so the the jokes it just it doesn't exist inside of them but those things you can teach them you can teach all those things during therapy and there's a lot to do related to that Mm -hmm. um but i always feel that you get in tune where where the person is and then from there then you take that person with your hands and you pull them up and they learn and, and you can teach them so many things. And jokes are, can be a, a very good example of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Plus, they could be very, very honest. And they could say things that they shouldn't say, shouldn't from the, 
um, cultural perspective or from the society rules and um, but then you see like the pure of the communication, the honesty, the 100%, it doesn't matter how old are them. And, um, and that's, that's always beautiful. Yes. Yes. I've experienced that too. And it's hilarious is actually when they see, say something that's inappropriate <laughs> and then, and then they realize that it was some, you know, they realize, oh, all of a sudden they did realize that it was inappropriate. It's just, it's hard to not laugh. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it's a, it's a different way of understanding life, of experiencing life. Um, there's another mother that I interview for the summit that she, she had this conversation with her son that now it's an oval. And her son explained to her how was his experience related of, of, I don't know, like one situation. And she perceived it like from the opposite side. So for her, it was like a disaster. And for him, it was a great opportunity. So it's very interesting, like how um, from that way of thinking, um, the experiences are so different. They pay attention to different details or what it is important it's not the same thing that for me it's important. And then like they can create a very different life. Actually, right now, um, there are certain things that we do have because of people who are on the spectrum. For example, all this technology and all this um, new things that we're using right now with the internet, with the computers, with the cell phones, like, there's a lot of people from the spectrum who feels very comfortable doing this type of work. And they have been working and developing like a lot of things during the last years. And, um, and nobody thinks about it. But if they were really interested about social life, they wouldn't spend hours and hours and hours working in a computer or making a cell phone better or developing like you know different things so or apps for example so it is like if you look at like inside of the mankind the mankind like in the range of humanity it's another group with another style that brings to the to the community something different that we need also like if we, if we were all the same if we all think the same way then we will produce for the world exactly the same thing and and that's not a good idea it's a good idea to have everything yes yes i love that perspective so yes so you know we were talking earlier about you know there's seems to be a lot of cases of autism now and Mm -hmm. i've heard different theories of why it's here what what is the research at this point why is there so many cases? I mean, I've heard of things like, you know, vaccines or our food or, so tell us the facts. <laughs> what are the facts there, now? There, yes, I, I love this question because this is like the question mm-hmm. for all the people who work in with autism, for all the specialists. Right now, like nobody have been able to say like, is this, like, this is the main thing or this is the the reason why this happened. Um, 
that if we go into other diagnosis, it's very clear. For example, if we're talking about bipolar disorders, then we know that the lithium, it's, it's low or it's not there. And um, if we talk about COVID, like we know what's the virus, you know, we know specifically with autism, it's not like that. And that's the reason why there are so many ways to help somebody with autism, but at the same time, it's not a recipe um, and it doesn't work for everybody exactly the same way. Some people have done a lot of research about genetics and there's a group of people with autism that has genetic characteristics. And the truth is like they have done like huge, a lot of research and then it's a small percentage of the community who do have these genes and they have autism. So you cannot say that everybody with autism has these genes with autism. It's not like that. So, but that, that's a perspective. The other um, people says like, it's a neurological disorder. So if it's a neurological disorder, there is a problem in the brain and then you need to take medication and do things to address the neurological um, situations. Mm -hmm. There's other group of people who says like, no, that's not the reason what it's going on. It's in the intestines and the microbiome, which are the bugs and bacteria that lives inside of our intestines are, who are in charge of working on the food and taking the vitamins out and sending it to the brain. And they said like, that's our first brain. They said our intestine is the first brain. It sends the information to the second brain that is the one that is on the head. And then the brain do the work that they, they need to do to manage the whole body. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, if you agree with one idea, you're dis you disagree with the other one. And, and there are doctors from one side and researchers from the other side. So there's like a conflict in there. I don't like conflicts. So what I do is like, I got everything. Give me the best. Okay, this is the best information that we can get from the people who believes in genetic. This is the best information we can get from neurologists. This is the best information we can get from the biomedical doctors who works on the intestines and the microbiome. Mm -hmm. Here's the best information that we can get from psychiatrics. Okay, let's use it all together. Let's find out for you what's gonna be the better match. And let's see if you're in one of these this areas or possibilities and then receive the treatments that are gonna support you. So, so I don't think they're ex excluding each other. They should be complementing each other um, from my perspective. That's my personal point of view and that's the way I work with my patients. Um, for example, you can have some children who receive a lot of benefits from the diet and then you do you have another group that they just don't, they don't need a gluten-free diet, they don't need a casein diet. And then you have like other patients who who has seizures and epilepsy with autism. And there are others that never had those seizures. So you need to be very, be very sharp during the diagnosis, identify exactly what's going on, and get all the support that you need. And then there's another group of people who thinks that it's um, and like a developmental delay because of the immaturity of the brain. And that the reason it's because the speed of the maturity of the brain, and that's the only reason. So if you do things from the environment only, you're gonna help the brain to mature faster. And then 
you're going to be resolving the, the situation. Um, but as, as, as I said before, I don't think that each one has the 100% answer. And because we don't know 100% sure what's going on, then you need to take all that information and use it for your best. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's, that's my, my perspective about it. Is there any preventative measures that uh, women can take when they find out that they're pregnant to, mm -hmm. to you know, hopefully have a healthy non-autistic child? Yes, yes, you can. And it depends of one of, of one of what of this um, perspective, perspective you want to take as yours. For example, if you're somebody who thinks that it's related to maturity of the brain and the speed of that happens, then you can do a lot of um, movements and exercises to stimulate the interoceptive system, to stimulate the, um, the proprioceptive system, the vestibular systems that are inside of our brain. So when the mother is pregnant, <clears throat> sorry, she can do movements, she can listen different music with specific sounds, and that way you're gonna be stimulating the brain. If you believe that that's the reason, if you don't, and you believe that the reason why somebody has autism, it's because of their intestines, then we're gonna tell this mother that you need to eat healthy, you need to drink a lot of water. Also, you shouldn't be taking medication because that affects the microbiome in a negative way many times. And if you are taking the medication, you need to take probiotics or other, you need other type of interventions. And, um, and they will go in on that side of um, um, advices. And then from the neurological process, um, perspective, then they will say, well, you shouldn't be sleeping small amount of hours, it should be much more and you need to take your body in a, take care of your body in a different way. And then if you are from the genetic side, they will say like, get a test, make sure that the baby do not have autism before you, your, the delivery and the right moment and take decisions about it. So the, the advice comes from all these different ways of thinking. So that's why it's so important to learn how to stay connected with your intuition as a woman, as a mother, and then make sure that the decisions you're taking are the best for you and your baby, for you and your child, for you and your body. Um, it doesn't matter what um, a lot of people say around you. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. That's great advice. So I want you to talk more about play therapy and very interested in this play therapy and how that works. And it is true. Everyone needs to play a lot more. We're so serious. So yeah. Talk about that and how it helps <laughs> everyone. Yes. I, um, that's my, one of my favorite topics ever. Um, actually I wrote a book, it's on Amazon and it's called wake up the magic how toys and play can stimulate your child um, to develop the unique abilities that they have. It's, it's um, when we play, what happens exactly in the brain is that all our skills get interconnected because you use all of them at the same time. If you're 
painting with a child with crayons, for example, and you're sitting on a chair and they're just painting and, and, or drawing something, they're just using their motor skills and they're probably paying attention maybe of what they're doing and, and they maybe do something that it's good enough if they're, enough, if they're interested. But if you tell to that child, hey, let's play and I'm going to draw here and let's see who, who can do this faster and I'm going to get the red color. What color do you want? And why do you want the blue color? Why is that your favorite color? Why it's your favorite color? Then you're asking questions. You're making the person to think about answers. Pay attention of how they feel. Like if I like something, how it makes me feel. And then they're painting and they're talking, using their language. They're using together a lot of skills mm -hmm. and that helps the brain to integrate the information. So with children, just make sure to play whatever you want. If you wanna teach them to go to the, to the bathroom and wash their hands, for example, right now, you just have to organize a game related to washing your hands in the bathroom and go to the bathroom and do it. And, and they're gonna be so happy about doing it that they're gonna practice and you're not gonna be stressed. You're not gonna be screaming giving instructions, saying like, oh, they never listen. No, 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 nothing like that. Mm -hmm. You have fun and you laugh and they, they're smiling all the time. It's the dynamic that it's created. It's very different. Mm -hmm. So um, I highly recommend everybody to play. If you're an adult and you do not have children around, find a way to play something, like get some cards, get um, play something even in the cell phone or in the computer. Um, because it really creates a different interaction inside of ourselves. It's very special. Um, it's like a gift that we receive in life to play. That's true. Yes, I love to yes. play. Yes. I think you can make so many things play too. Mm -hmm. So many yes. things play and then it's never work. <laughs> yes. Play. Yes, but if there's a mother with a child with autism, watching this or hearing this they are going to say but he's not interested about anything this kid do not want to play with anybody with anything and that's one of the most difficult things on autism it's to engage them to have fun with things that they don't really like or they're not interested to so um so you need to learn how to engage them and i'm going to tell you the secret to be able to engage somebody with autism, you need to jump into the things that they like and just go in there, stay there, feel, listen, pay attention, watch, do the things they want to do. And then later on, you invite them to play something that you like and you invite them to come to my world. I went to your world. I love it. It's beautiful. But now come to my world and I hope you enjoy the ride. So that's the main secret ever. You, have, you need to focus on engagement first. And then you're going to be able to teach them how to play with different things. Oh, I love that. That is so wonderful. It's like being the follower until there's that connection. And then say, okay, I want to lead now. And just leading them into that next part 
Yes, yes, it's yes. I um, I have seen I have seen a lot of patients um, struggling with um, not being able to engage with their with their child, and that's very painful for the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that we really need to focus on. And right now we're talking about autism. But in general, with any child, you know, like if you show up and they prefer always to be in front of the TV or playing the video game, instead of talking with you, um, smelling you, hugging you, um, playing with you, it's because the engagement, it's not well done. So it's always good to be focused on the engagement and keeping them close to you. So they are going to be interested to learn from you and not from the behaviors, attitudes, or activities from video games, for example. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I am learning so much. So such a wonderful interview. And I want to uh, ask a personal question now. What gives sure. you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life? In my life? Oh, I love to meditate. And I love to go into like relaxation processes. And, um, and I practice a very special meditation that it's dancing and with movement. So whenever, whenever I'm sad or mad or I feel a lot of frust- frustration, just close my eyes, put some music and breathe. And sometimes I go into slow music or sad music. Um, and then I cried and let it go. And then I put energy, music with energy and then I dance, I move my body and then all those negative feelings just go out like I can let them go. And then I have space for love, for calm, for sweetness. Um, and, and that's um, very useful. I really, think, I really think that, that um, it's like my main thing in life, my main, you know, special thing, um, because there's so many difficult times and there's so many things that we need to address and in life, it's not easy. So we really, I believe that we really need to be focused inside and live from the heart. And so you need to learn how to keep your heart clean, clean from negative emotions, clean from negative thoughts, and that's a way and a practice to just remove and put it away. Yes. And also I'm, I'm a musician. So, mm-hmm. so the, the music and the dancing, it's all together. Beautiful, like a beautiful medicine for me. Wonderful. <clears throat> so how can people find you or find the summit? Can you kind of go over like your website and how people can connect and, and get more information? Yes, for sure. You can go into, oh, I haven't mentioned this to you. Um, I'm organizing a webinar that it's about autism and all this different approach that I was mentioning before and how you take all the information and use it for your benefit. And it's the webpage, it's provengeniussolutions.com. If you go in there, you can access and you can subscribe and access to the event. And so you can go to provengeniussolutions.com or you can go to globalautismsummit.com and then you get the information about the summit. We do have a Facebook group that has all the information and everybody's in there and we, we got a beautiful community in there and it's called the Global Autism Summit. 
So if you, say, if you send a request, we are gonna receive you there and you're gonna be receiving all the information about summits, about webinars and, and the live Q&A events. There's a lot of um, different things going on right now. Yes, you're all invited to join us. All right, well, thank you so much. And thanks for being on the podcast today and for all your wisdom and information. It's been just so helpful. Thank you, Kim Kimberly. I love that you invite me and I love that you have space for the autism community. Um, I'm just somebody who is sharing information, and but the idea is to touch many hearts and that everybody opens their heart to learn about autism. Thanks a lot for inviting me to this beautiful program. Yes, yes. And I have one last question before we finish. What is yes. Best advice on living an incredible, extraordinary life? My best advice is to follow to your heart. Pay attention to your heart. Listen. Learn how to listen. And keep, keep following the guidance that it's inside of yourself. It's already in there. The answers for our questions the, the solutions for the problems, everything it's in our hearts, it's in there. Yeah, so stay focused on your heart. All right, well, thank you so much, Anna, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much, you're welcome. Bye, everybody. <laughs>